Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. Hi there, Driven Women. My guest today helps individuals, entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and CEOs to discover, define, and develop their unique personal brand in order to effectively communicate their expertise and stand out in their craft or industry. She's a certified reputation champion by the Public Relations Society of America, a PR consultant, and a personal branding coach with over 16 years of experience in public relations marketing and has worked with over 100 brands and individuals. She is passionate about helping others to discover and develop their unique personal brand in order to stand out in a noisy world. She's the author of three books, a 2018 Vital Voices Fellow, and a Scotiabank Vision Achiever. And she was recently nominated for Entrepreneur for the Entrepreneur Award by the Jamaica Chamber of Commerce. She's a lead PR chick and founder of Garrett Communications, which is a boutique PR agency based in Jamaica. Ladies, driven women, my guest today is Naomi Garrick. Welcome, Naomi. Hi. Hey, Sophia. Thank you for having me. And hi to all the driven women out there. <laughs> yes, yes. And the few men that listen in as well. And the men that listen too. <laughs> men are important. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Naomi, I'm so happy to have you here. So I love to ask uh, my guests to tell me a little bit about their childhood and how that shaped the career path that they're currently on. Okay, well, I grew up in a household with both my parents, my mother and my father, and my two siblings. I have two brothers, one older and one younger, so I'm smack right in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, so I used to do a lot of boyish things, climb the mango trees, ride bicycle, jump off of the rooftop, all kinds of, any madness they were doing, I wanted to be a part of. Um, mm -hmm. my, both my parents are entrepreneurs. My father's an artist, um, and he used to be the executive director of the Bob Marley Foundation. And my mother is, had her own art and craft gallery, The Wanderer. And so I grew mm -hmm. up seeing my parents very often. Um, even though they both worked, you know, as entrepreneurs, um, my mother's gallery was based at our house. So our house was there and then there's a driveway and then her gallery was right there, literally across the walk. Wow. And so um, what I remember from my childhood is that we had access to our parents. Mm -hmm. um, and they were, even though they had their own jobs, you know, as an entrepreneur, that tends to mean a lot more work. Um, they were always available to us when we needed them. And so I, I, in relation to my career, no, at the time growing up, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a flight attendant because my mother used to be a flight attendant with Air Jamaica, um, before she had my younger brother. And I thought that was just such a, glamorous life traveling um they used to do fashion shows on the flights for the um london leg mm -hmm. have tvs in our uh, seats at that time um so <laughs> that was the entertainment so i just thought it was very cool until i had a flight as a young teenager and i got sick on takeoff wow. so i realized okay maybe this is not the right field for me because mm -hmm. you should appreciate flying if you want to actually be a flight attendant mm -hmm. <laughs> but 
one of the things that I realized now as an entrepreneur and as a mother um, is that when I had my son and I made that decision to go into entrepreneurship, I realized that I wanted him to have that kind of access to me mm-hmm. in the same way that I had that access to my parents. And working with someone in a typical nine-to-five job wouldn't allow me that kind of freedom or flexibility to make that additional time when needed. So whether it is sports day or just being available for homework or different activities, I wouldn't have had that kind of flexibility that I wanted or that I experienced growing up with as a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I realized now more and more as I look into my own journey as an entrepreneur that that was definitely one of the key things for me was being able to have that kind of flexibility and time so that my child or children would be able to have a similar kind of access to me. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. So as an entrepreneur, um, and you've been doing it for a while now, you're celebrating your 10th anniversary, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, congrats on that. That's major. Thank what you. has been some of the challenges that you've encountered along the journey and what did you have to do to overcome some of those challenges? Um, for me, some of the challenges would be one, kind of figuring out things as you go along. I, I didn't study PR. PR was something that I grew into over time. Um, and then also, I don't have a degree. So I don't have a degree or a master's in business administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was kind of just winging it a lot especially for the first, I would say, five years and making up things as I went along. Mm-hmm. God, I had built up credibility and a good reputation over the years in the different jobs that I worked in um, prior to having my agency um, and also generating good results over that time, which helped me. But from a business perspective, that's even today an area that I'm still working on. And mm-hmm. so what I found was very helpful to me over time was, one, asking for help in the areas that I'm not great at, and also applying for different programs that would provide that kind of training and expertise for free. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I ended up being a part of the Scotiabank Vision Achievers in 2017. That's how I ended up being one of the the only person from the Caribbean, actually, that got into the Vital Voices Grow program in 2018. Um, And I continue to um, attend different conferences, expos, um, seeking out that kind of education from others that can help me um, mm-hmm. because I know what my weak areas are. Yeah. Of course, access to finance and capital has always been a struggle. I've never, I don't think to date I've ever taken out a loan for my business. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a good or a bad thing. I'm hearing people telling me now that I'm crazy and I really should. <laughs> you know, um, taking out a loan, you just inject some additional capital um, and to assist with cash flow. So that's something I'm looking at this year for the first mm-hmm. time in 10 years. Wow. So wow. I'm still learning more things, but you know, you have to realize that you can't do everything. Um, one of the things that happened to me during the, the um, Scotiabank Vision Achiever program was the, the reality of as an entrepreneur, you really should be focusing on on the business and not in the business. Mm-hmm, exactly. And most of us are in the business doing the day-to-day tasks that someone else could be doing. So delegating has been um, something that I've started to do a lot more of and focusing on what my area of expertise is. What do I actually, Naomi Garrett, bring to the company that my team members can't bring to the company or not yet mm-hmm. so that I can focus on that 
while they can focus on everything else. Right, right. One of the things I admire about um, just how you do business is the fact that you seem to have a very... um, a team that gels very well, you know, that really are supportive and um, there's a, a, a nice connection there. So how did you go about curating that team um, that you have now? And what are some of the suggestions that you may have for persons looking to actually hire somebody or put in place a team to grow their business? Sure. So relationships are very important to me. And that's a very big part of our culture at Garrett Communications. And so um, we, we actually refer to our office as the Garrett Communications Nest because we are the PR chicks. But whenever people come to visit us, they say similar things to what you said. Like it feels like a little family. We mm-hmm. gel really well together. It's not just business. Um, they are really a part of my family. And, but it wasn't always like that. So I've always had great people that have worked with me. But many times during my tenure, it'd be me and one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a period where we had quite a few people working with us, but it still wasn't the right fit just yet. And I think what helped me a lot to get that fit was after doing that same Vision Achiever program with um, action coach Marcia Wunchoy. Mm-hmm. And she spoke about the importance of creating a mission statement and a vision statement and creating your points of culture for your company because you have to ensure that who you're hiring actually also resonates with the culture of your brand that you've created. And so by sitting down and actually doing that exercise and creating our mission statement and our vision statement and actually figuring out what are the fifth, well, for me, we have 15 um, points of culture at mm-hmm. Garrett Communication and really figuring out what those are so that whenever I do an interview with somebody, you have to be able to relate to these core points that are a big part of our culture and our brand and also resonate with our our vision statement you know and our mission statement is really to inspire um to creatively create stories that actually impact and inspire in a positive way Mm -hmm. and so we try to ensure that even with our clients and who we're getting better at that identifying our ideal clients as well and it's because of our culture and our mission statement and our vision statement because it must tie back into that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things that you've actually said to me in the past, Naomi, uh, was actually something that I shared just last night with um, one of my clients. And it was that um, your company, your, your brand personality or the brand that you develop for your company it needs to be in alignment also with the types of clients that you have and I remember that story that you had shared where you were saying that well hmm, you're not so sure about the persons that you have working with now but you're going to make a concerted effort towards getting the people that match your personality to actually work with you and you've you've achieved that for the most part. And I thought that was so powerful. So to this day, I actually still remember that. But what about persons that may feel, that may be in sort of a scarcity mindset? How do you say to them that, look, (laughs) um, you don't have to take every client when you feel as though if you don't take the client, you know, you might not be able to pay your bills. <laughs> well, what, and I mean, as entrepreneurs, we all go through that period where we, we just take on everybody because we have bills mm-hmm. to pay. But what I've realized over time is that, and with my team, and so I talk a lot with my team and we talk about the different experiences with our clients. And 
we, you have to identify your ideal client. So when we have clients, we talk about what is it that we like about, because there's some clients that we really, really just love. And there are some clients that are okay. And there are some clients that we probably won't work with again. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. maybe we're not the ideal agency for that client either. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've gotten very clear. We actually have BBC um, on our board at the office, which means bigger, better clients. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's just to remind us that we have to align ourselves with the clients that are right for our brand and for the type of work that we produce. So as much as we could get an offer to do a really big project that's going to pay us really well, we already know um, right off the bat, even from our first discovery session, whether this client is a fit for our agency. And we've had to, over this year, definitely turn down opportunities because we believed it wasn't the right fit for us. And Mm -hmm. we would go ahead, because what has happened in the past is we take on a project, the money is great, but then we realize that we don't really, we're not really aligned with the client, uh, whether mm-hmm. it is the way that they do business or the activities that they want us to do or the expectations that they may have of us. Um, and so it ends up not being great. And yes, the money's in our account, but we end up feeling a bit deflated from the project. Mm-hmm. And it's not mm-hmm. worth it for me um, or the mindset of my team to go through that. Mm-hmm. So we prefer mm-hmm. to take the time to identify those clients that work well with us. We discuss it as a team. I don't make decisions about clients anymore just on my own. We have a discussion about it first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if there's an iffy one that I may be leaning towards, I'll discuss it with the team. And once we're all in alignment, then we'll go ahead. Or they may say, Naomi, but remember we said that we weren't doing any more projects like this because of mm-hmm. this situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, right. You guys are right. And at the end of the day, they're the ones that are probably going to be dealing with the client more than me. So right. I also have to respect that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a, a trust factor there with you and your team and knowing in addition to consulting what the, the you know, the brand personality and culture is all about. Absolutely. Okay, that's good. All right. So, um, so Naomi, how do you stay so focused <laughs> and so productive um, throughout the day? <laughs> that's a funny question. And I'm, that's interesting that you'd say that. So, you know, one of the things I do is I wear a button that says focus on my jacket, on my shirt, Whoa. on many days at work, because <laughs> there are sometimes I have to really, really focus and I don't get a chance to focus at all. So I'm not always focused. So let's be very clear. <laughs> I do procrastinate a lot um, and I have to get in that mindset of being okay eating the frog first mm-hmm. because everything seems a lot lighter once you get over that awful hurdle that you don't want to approach. And I am guilty of that where I have this big thing that I know I need to get done and I'll do 15 little things that really don't make a difference before attacking the big ones. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get better at that. But what I try to do is I do a couple of things. I will write down the three top things that I need to do for the day, like must get done. Um, And I also, for the team, we create a what's hot list um, Mm. for the office. So we break it down by client and by task to see, okay, these are the things that are hot. What on this list do we need to start tackling first? What are the mm-hmm. most important things that we need to do? And then we can get to the smaller things. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, okay. checklists are important. Accountability is very important. So I have a great personal assistant now, Keisha, that keeps me in check. Mm-hmm. So she will check up on me to say, hey, Neil, remember you said you needed to get this done. Did you get to finish it? And as much as sometimes I will be annoyed because I'm just like, I'm doing other things. She knows it was one of my priority things. So mm-hmm. I put it on the list. 
So she will also check in with me to make sure that it gets done. But I'm not focused all the time, but I definitely am more intentional about completing those tasks that are most important to me or to the business. Okay, awesome. All right, what is the best and worst advice that you've been given throughout your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, wow. That's a very good question. Um, Best advice... Actually, it's from Rochelle Cameron just said it to me recently, is to trust the process. Mm. Um, sometimes I can get very um, frustrated or anxious when things don't work out the way that I believe they should have worked out. Um, and I realize when I let go, sometimes when I know that I've done all the work and then I let go and trust the process, things mm-hmm. work out exactly the way they were supposed to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to include that in my personal life as well to just, yeah. once I know that I've gone all in on what I'm supposed to do, that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. I don't need to trust the process. And whatever happens after that, we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what is the worst advice I've gotten? I, I don't think, I honestly can't think of bad advice I've gotten okay. um, from a business perspective because... Every type of advice that I get, um, I may use it or I may not use it. Mm-hmm. But I think regardless whether it's quote, quote unquote bad or good, um, there are things to be learned from either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about what's the lesson that I'm learning from an experience um, versus whether it was a bad experience or a good experience. Yeah, yeah. One of the things um, I noticed about Inayome, I, I wouldn't say that it's a, like a girl tribe, but you seem to um, seem to maintain connections with persons who are in your peer groups. Uh, and I feel like as adults, um, sustaining friendships can be a little bit tricky. <laughs> so I'd love to know your take on building friendships building social connections as an adult and uh, any tips that you may have for persons who struggle with that? Well, I think for me, I've always been just a naturally friendly person. Um, Some people would refer to it as being enough. (laughs) And so I've always had a lot of friends, um, real friends, female friends. So my closest friends have been my friends since high school Mm -hmm. or, or the friendship started in university, but they remain today and they're about maybe... 12 or 13 women in that circle and they're mm-hmm. not in my professional circle at all these are just real friendships that were cultivated from a high school level that exists today mm-hmm. um from a professional standpoint i've been very intentional over the last two years about ensuring that i cultivate and nurture these other friendships with my peer groups as you said mm-hmm. or people in industry and for me i've always had maybe indirect relationships with each of these individuals. Um, But I've just been very intentional about really um, being more involved over the last two years and not from a point of wanting anything from anybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's more about how can I help you? And so I find that when you are more willing to give to others 
people naturally gravitate to you and also want to support you in whatever your endeavors are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And okay. so for me, I think that is, and I think that's one of the challenges people have with networking in general is that they go into networking with a mindset of getting something from somebody or asking for something, whether it is for help, um, financial assistance, mm-hmm. or just something. It's always an ask and not thinking about how can I actually make a real, genuine, authentic connection with this individual or how can I help this person to do something better in their space that maybe they didn't realize they weren't doing, but I actually, I'm an expert in this area and I can help them for free just by mm-hmm. giving them like a tip. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so yes, I, I am in different circles of women, different groups of women, but I think my personality is just naturally like that. But then also I try to, I ask a lot of questions. So um, it also becomes like a pair type of mentorship from everybody. Mm-hmm, and then, right. as I said, I definitely try to see how I can give back in whatever way, whether it's, hey, girl, you need to change that LinkedIn profile picture. It doesn't represent who you are. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe they're not looking at that because that's just not one of their, their area of expertise. Yeah. But I see those things like immediately. Um, and so when I see those things, I just try to help and try to fix it where I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Um, good nuggets. I've been taking notes. You've <laughs> been chatting. I'm like, yeah, this is powerful. And these are things that we just really need to constantly remind ourselves of. All right. So um, yeah, you can also be, I don't think you can be strategic with it. Too. So like, if you realize there are like these five women that you really want to connect with, don't be afraid to connect with them, but don't mm-hmm. go with the mindset of asking them to do something. Yeah, exactly. More like I've been watching your journey. You know, I really love the fact that you do this, 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 this. You know, I would love to see if we could meet up maybe just for coffee, just, you know, have a conversation, mm-hmm. whatever. Because even myself, I get requests on different occasions for mentorship. But then when I actually ask them, why do they want me? Why do, I, why do you want me to mentor you? A lot of times they don't, they don't even know why, which means that you actually <laughs> haven't really done the research mm-hmm. on me to see if I would actually be a good fit to be a mentor for you. So to yeah. me, then it's kind of like you're not really serious. Right, right. You have to be intentional about the ask. Yeah, definitely. And I feel too, with the whole mentorship situation, um, I think people feel like mentors are going to save them or in some type of way, not realizing that you have to put in some work too. And it's a give and take, you know, you also have something to bring forth as well as, you know, what you're able to learn from the mentor. I think that's, that's a missing piece as well. Exactly. Because mentors can learn from you too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Definitely. Um, Yeah, definitely. So I know you love books. Yes. (laughs) And I know I'm going to ask you a very difficult question to ask, to answer, but I ask that you try What's your favorite book and why? The Alchemist by oh, Paul okay, okay, for sure. Okay. I mean, I love. I have. I am. I'm actually supposed to be sending out my book list to my um, online group, which I have not done mm-hmm. that yet. But see, that's why I told you I do procrastinate. <laughs> um, I just need to really block out some time to do that. But I love to read. Um, I'm, I read multiple books at the same time. Um, but The Alchemist for sure is a book that I've read more than once. I also have it on Audible, so I mm-hmm. listen to the story times when I'm driving and for that it's really about finding what your what's your personal treasure what's your personal legend that you're trying to create um mm-hmm. and how to how to do that 
Yeah. And the lessons that you learn on the journey. Um, it's, it's a really powerful, powerful book. Um, and so like whenever I just need a boost, you know, I, I will read it or listen to the audible or I'll just Google some of the quotes that were really amazing and I'll mm-hmm. put it on my desktop for the week or, you know, keep it on my phone as a screensaver just to remind me. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how that little book canvas is so powerful because it's really oh, small. <laughs> it's really small and it's an easy read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Naomi, do you have a personal mantra or motto or quote that guides you? Sure. It's the journey is the reward. And mm. it's a Chinese proverb that I had discovered some time ago. And for me, I talk about it all the time because really what it's saying is that everything that happens in our life, the good things, the bad things, um, the great things, the not so great things, they all make us the person that we are today in this moment. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't be who we are without those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why when I do my a personal branding workshops or even coaching, we start off with that journey mapping to really look back at our journey that took us to this point. Um, because you have to know where you're coming from to know where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see those things that we could have, that we thought maybe was a bad thing um, at the time. And to see that because of that particular incident, it led to something else that led to maybe something that you're doing right now. Mm, yes yes um so you mentioned coaching and I know that you do personal brand coaching I want you to speak a little bit about how coaching has impacted your life and how it's allowed you to to elevate yourself um at a much faster pace because I feel like within our Jamaican society it's it's kind of a new thing um, for the masses to appreciate. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. That's sure. And I would say that coaching is not for the masses either. It's for, mm. <laughs> yeah. for yeah. Um, people that really want to see real results at a faster mm-hmm. pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like in everything that you do, um, you are not the best at everything. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be the best at something, you have to get someone to guide you, whether that's a coach or a mentor or somebody else. And for me, I, I have been getting coached through different programs. So that's why mm-hmm. I sign up for all these different things, whether it's an online coaching program, accelerator program, women in business program. Mm-hmm. I try to sign up as many things as possible so I can learn at a faster rate and apply things that are important to my business and my personal development at the same time. And so last year I invested in myself and I signed up for coaching, one-on-one coaching with an online business coach who I, it was a very expensive investment. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, it was, I think, 5,000 US dollars. Mm-hmm. And it was just for, I believe, four to six coaching sessions. Mm-hmm. But wow. the value I got in just the first coaching session it was worth the Mm -hmm, mm $5,000 because she was able to break down a lot of things for me in a very, very easy way, very fast, hands-on that I could start applying to my business immediately after that phone call. Mm -hmm, And it was mm -hmm. little things that I wouldn't have thought of. Um, Even though I'm in PR and I'm in marketing, I'm not a business guru. Right. And so you need to speak to the gurus that have been there and done it who can actually fast track you without you having to go through the mistakes that they made mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so yes it's a it's a big investment but you will reap the rewards of that investment tenfold 
I still have my notebook for my coaching sessions that I have not even implemented half of the things that I was advised to do yet. Mm, look at that. Look and at I've that. already seen the benefits. So as a matter of fact, I need to put on my list um, to read through my notebook this weekend because there are a lot of stuff that I wrote on that I said I wanted to do this year that I haven't even looked at yet from mm-hmm. that, those coaching sessions. Yeah. And so, yes, and that's why as a coach, you know, I have colleagues in industry that are experts at what they do, but they have no idea how to brand themselves or how to mm-hmm. position themselves to really land the opportunities that they want. Right, right. As a personal branding coach, that's what I see. That's what I look out for. I can meet with somebody and I know exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's through experience, you know, what I've been doing over the last almost 20 years. So, you know, I believe that if you, if you are serious about, you know, propelling your business, whatever it is, find the right type of coach or mentor that can guide you. You may can't, maybe you can't afford coaching right now. That's fine. People have share a lot of their resources online for free. My mm-hmm. coach, that's how I ended up using her because I followed her for almost three years on Instagram. And I got so much value just from her live um, Instagram streams or from some free content that she'd send in an email that I was just like, if this is what this lady is giving us for free, mm-hmm. I, can't, I bought two of her eBooks and I couldn't even complete them because it was so detailed. Right. And I'm just like, if this lady is giving us all of this content for $20 for an ebook, I can't imagine what she would be giving you in terms of value for $5,000. Mm-hmm. And we didn't pay, I didn't pay the $5,000 one time, just FYI. But I had to find the money because mm-hmm. I realized the value. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I think this is my second to last question. Uh, so Naomi, I don't know, well, as an older woman now, I don't know if you can look back um, and see a moment I'm sorry, where... Who, who's, an, who's an older woman? <laughs> You're older than me. I'm 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> as somebody older than 20-something, was there okay. a moment when you recognized that you were a little bit different um, from you know, having this desire to become an entrepreneur when it wasn't necessarily the most popular thing to do. How did you rest with that, realizing that, okay, maybe I am actually different. Maybe I'm not like everybody else. And maybe that's why people may not be understanding what I want to do. Have you ever had to Well, no, because it was never my desire to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh Ever. (laughs) So... I just literally made a decision. I studied hotel and tourism management. I thought I was going to run a hotel. Wow. Um, but the thing for me is that when I make a decision to do something, I just do it. And yeah. which can be a good or a bad thing. So when I decided I want to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I didn't save up the money um, from my previous job to do that. And I had a two-year-old child. Um, I just did it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've always, and I don't think, I wouldn't say that I've always thought I was different. Um, but I guess I would say I could have been seen different from my core group of friends because I was Mm -hmm. the first one in our group to have a child Mm -hmm. and definitely the first, probably the only entrepreneur in the group as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe they would see me as different, but I see myself as just like everybody else, except that I am trying to utilize my experience in different areas to actually create something a unique experience for others. Well put, well put. All right, Naomi. So my final question to you is what keeps you driven? Okay. So what keeps me driven is um, my son. 
Mm. He's 13 now. I'd say two things. I was asked this question um, a couple years ago um, through a program where they asked, what was your driving force? Mm -hmm. And I would have said originally my driving force was my son because he's one of the main reasons why I decided to go into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything I do is to ensure that he or we have the best possible life that we can have with the opportunities that we have available to us. And so that has always been a driving force for me to ensure that he does not want without being spoiled um, and that we can afford to do things or live a a pretty decent life um, with what we have. But I've realized over time that my driving force has also been, has become to inspire others. Mm. Um, And that's through my journey. And that's why I do coaching. That's why I do speaking engagements at schools for free or at different organizations where I feel that I can create some kind of lasting positive impact by either something I've said or something that I've done or an experience that I've had. And that's why even for those that follow me on social media at Naomi Garrick or at the PR Chick, mm-hmm. um, you'll notice that my post, if, if it's not something that I think will inspire or have some kind of positive impact and I probably just won't post anything at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so that has really become my driving force is to see how are the ways that I can help to inspire or impact in a positive way through my experiences wow thank you so much Naomi thank you so so much um (laughs) this has been a real treat for me and I'm definitely one of those people that inspire and I'm happy that I've had the opportunity to learn from you um because what a lot of persons don't realize is that, you know, at different moments in our lives, we have different teachers and it's, yes. it's like a building block. Everything adds up. And sometimes a person may say something to you that doesn't resonate immediately. But then, you know, down the line, you're like, oh, aha, <laughs> it yeah. makes sense now. Um, and so um, definitely having used your some of the tools that you've created, like your personal brand Bible, the book. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm excited to share this episode with everyone and excited to share all the resources that you have available to persons thank you so much Sophia I I enjoyed it as well Mm -hmm. awesome all right enjoy the rest of your day now you too thank you thank you bye bye Thank you for listening to this episode of the Driven Woman podcast. Be sure to head over to sophiabryan.com and check out my free resources tab. I love hearing from you. So my DMs are open and you can follow me at underscore Sophia Bryan and Sophia Bryan JA on Instagram and Twitter respectively. Follow the show at Driven Woman podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to receiving your feedback. Until next time, stay driven.